Today, I'm going to continue the teaching I started uh, a couple of weeks ago about the spirit of faith. I talked about last time that faith is a gift from God. It's very important that we know that because a lot of people think it's faith has to do with something you have to earn or you have to get enough credits so that God will give you faith. We, we prove that from Scripture and from experience. Then we talked about that faith is a law. It's not something sporadic. It's not a come and go. It works one day, doesn't work the other. It is a fixed regulation. You can rely on the faith that God puts in your heart, the faith of Christ. Then we talked about that faith is the evidence of unseen realities. And that word evidence is just one of the words used in Hebrews 11. It talks about faith is a conviction. It is the title deed. It, it's the inner assurance of things that your five natural senses are not able to detect. And yet you know through the eye of faith that they are real. There may be some things in your life today that you say, I don't see this or that or the other thing that I would want to have and that I would believe that God wants me to have. But by faith, you have the conviction of those things. And then we talk about that faith is a force. It's not just a feeling. People think it's some kind of an emotion or feeling. No, it is an inner force that propels us to action. Now today, I want to talk about how faith works. And you'll find out as I go through this that there is the inward working of faith in your heart. And just like an iceberg, there's more to underneath the surface than on top of the surface. You'll find that what goes on in the heart is what propels the outward signs of faith. And so I, I want to start by saying something very fundamental that many people haven't understood. Jesus Christ changes how faith works. He changes it. But the coming of Jesus changes faith. Now, before Jesus came, we have a description to encourage the Jewish believers in Hebrews chapter 11. We call it the Faith's Hall of Fame. And it, it describes all those great people, Abel and, and Moses and, and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all of them. And they had faith. But then in Hebrews chapter 12, there's a different kind of faith that is for us today. You could say it like this, faith before Christ was faith in a promise to be fulfilled. It was like a promissory note. It was something that was going to happen. It was like a payday advance. You haven't been paid yet, but you can get an advance. And so they were looking forward to something. And, and so that is not the way faith works today. Faith today is based on the fact that God has kept his promise. So we're not standing on the promises. I know we like to sing about that, standing on the promises, but we are not standing on the promises in the way that the Old Testament believers did. We are standing on the promise fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Payday has come. Faith is not payday advance. It has come. The money is in the bank. The deposit has been made. We are now standing on the, you could say, standing on the provisions of what Christ has given to us. That is new covenant faith in operation. And so when I teach today how faith works, I must go to a, an example that is 
after Christ had come. So let, let's see here a description. And, and, and here is somebody explaining how faith works right out of the book of Acts. Acts chapter 3, verse 11. As the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John. He was all happy. He had been healed. You remember he'd been sick for 40 years and now he was all happy. And the people ran towards them. This was quite a drama. Amazed. Simon Peter responded, why do you marvel at this? Why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? God glorified his servant Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name through faith, so there you have the word faith, through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith that comes some translation says the faith that works through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Of you all. So Simon Peter here at this miracle that is given some length of description in the book of Acts is explaining to the people who, who thought they knew why this miracle happened because they thought Simon Peter had some special power or there was some unique thing about Simon Peter. But he says, no, no, this faith that, that causes me to be able to say to this man, rise up and walk, it works it comes through Jesus Christ. How faith works? Well, I would say, first of all, faith works intertwined with Christ. There's no such thing as faith being something separate that you just kind of have to work on your faith. No, faith is always intertwined with our deep dependence on Jesus Christ. Let, let me just give you a few verses here. For example, Galatians 2.20 really amplifies this. The life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Notice the first thing it says, he loved me. So he says, I, I'm living, it's still me living. You're still you. You, you, you have your unique personalities. Some people are more humorous. Some are a little bit more cut and dry. Uh, you know, you, you have your unique flavor of personality. And that doesn't change. You're still living the unique you that you are, but you're living that by the faith of the Son of God. And the first thing that you think about is he loved me. He loved me. So you're living by his faith. Now, now, we talked about Hebrews 11, where those before Christ are described, and it says about them in verse 39 there, these, meaning that's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David, and Gideon, and Samson, and all of them, these, having gained approval by faith, did not receive what was promised. See, I told you that earlier, that before Jesus came, faith was in what God was going to do, what God had promised. But today, we have had payday. The money is in the bank. The promise has been fulfilled. So they didn't receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us. And then I skip a few lines there, and it and says what that better is, looking only at Jesus, the originator and completer of the faith. So you see there? That's how faith operates now. We're looking only at Jesus, 
who originated, finished the faith. The faith is there for us to be used. The faith muscle is there. You have received it as a gift. We talked about that in a previous teaching. And now it's there for you. And so faith intertwined with Christ because people get it in their head that as, as many of the people here described in the book of Acts, they thought it had to do with, well, there must be some special holiness. No, we believe in holiness. We believe in the power of God. But, but Simon Peter is saying, it's not my power. It's not my holiness. It's not any of that. It, 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 this is something intertwined with Jesus. I'm talking about what's underneath the surface. I said there's more of the iceberg underneath than, than above. And so inwardly faith is a consciousness of how I depend on Jesus. Even it says about this lame man, he was expecting to receive something. But in, in truth is this, this is a rare case. This, this person, this lame man here about who this story is told, he wasn't expecting a healing. He wasn't expecting a miracle. He was expecting a, a gift, a piece of bread, maybe a silver coin. And, and so he didn't get what he expected. So some people even you know, say, oh, you got to expect. If you don't expect, nothing is going to happen. Well, in this case, this man didn't expect a miracle. He didn't expect to be healed, but he still got healed. So this is really, some people say, well, you know, expectation is the breeding ground of miracles. Well, of course, I like everybody to expect good things. But based on this story, this man didn't get what he expected. He got what he didn't expect. He got something greater than what he expected. And so sometimes we can make even this into a self-effort where we say, oh, you got to expect and people are measuring, am I expecting enough? Maybe I need to build, psych myself up, hype myself into some emotional state of expectation. But I say, that's not faith. Faith is this deep trust in that I'm connected with Jesus Christ. Then you notice already in the scriptures I read that the word that pops up all the time is love. And of course, in a sense, looking to Jesus is looking at God's love expressed through Jesus. It says in Galatians 5, 6, faith works by love. Faith works by love. And so I would say, don't seek after faith. Don't try to have faith. Don't work on your faith but seek to know more God's love for you. Now, don't put the cart before the horse. You say, oh, I need more faith, I need more faith. Of course, people, you know, we, we, we've heard the words of Jesus. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will speak to the mountain. And so we say, I want it, I want it. You know, I, I struggle like that for years. But I learned that it only works by love. And so if I can inwardly be aware of God's incredible love, that will cause faith to flourish. Uh, I say like this, to know God's love is to be full of God. It, it's as simple as that. And you say, well, that sounds too simple. I, I've heard that to be full of God, there's a lot of things I need to do. Well, let, let me read it right out of Paul's writing so you can take the scripture. You don't have to trust what I'm saying. You can take it right out of your own Bible. It says in Ephesians 3:17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. See, see how it kind of all, you know, love, faith, they kind of are in the same sentence. 
because faith works by life. He says that you may be able to comprehend what is the width and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. And you know, if you listen to me teach often, that is two different words for knowing here, to know, know experientially that which you cannot know academically or intellectually. So, so the knowledge experientially of the love of Christ, it surpasses intellectual knowledge. And then it says, that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. You may be filled with all the fullness of God. There you have it. The key to be filled with all the fullness of God. That ought to be the desire of every Christian, to be filled with all the fullness of God. What's the key? To know God's love, the width, the height, the length, and the depth. And so people say, oh, God's love. Everybody, that's how you start out in the Christian faith. You know God's love. No, there's a lot to discover here, to know how much God loves you. And I'm talking about how faith works. We say, we know that faith is in the heart. So I say, I'm showing like different facets of the same diamond. It is, it is a focus being intertwined with Christ. And, and then it's knowing his love. That's what goes on inside. Now, nobody can see that. That's the part of faith that, that's in your heart. And, and, and uh, you, you know, I, I tell the story. Sometimes we all have testimonies and things that happen in our life that become very important. And we always look back to that. And so something happened, I suppose, 20 years ago now, maybe not, maybe 15 years ago, that changed me in this area. I was in Indonesia. I hope many of my friends from Indonesia may be watching right now. I believe it was in Samarang. It was in the middle of the week and it was raining very bad. It was pouring rain on this field. We had, they estimated maybe it was a Thursday night, about 60,000 people. There are many Muslim friends. And, and, and people didn't even want to sing or play the instruments. It was such a miserable weather. And I was standing there. Now, inwardly, I was a little bit um, annoyed. I was annoyed by the weather. I thought God could have done a better job in giving us good weather. And I had other things. I was struggling with some issues and some uh, difficulties and circumstances. And I was standing there, nevertheless, holding my Bible. I suppose I looked rather holy and pious. I was about to go up and preach and the translator was there and the pastors were there and they didn't know that inwardly I was in annoyed and in turmoil. And I looked over on the side and there was a family, four members of a family carrying a bed. They were obviously Muslims, I could tell by their dress. And there was an older man turned out to be their father. He was lying on the bed. And I felt God say to me, go over and look at them. They couldn't see me because I was high up on the platform. So I was standing looking. And remember, the, there was mud and, and, and they were in their bare feet. So the water was splashing. And I heard the Lord say, look at them. And I just stood there looking. I'm sure everybody wondered, what's he doing? And then I heard a voice say, can you see how much I love them. And I felt a tear come down my eye. You've heard me tell the story because it changed me. I've, it's happened many times since, but that was the time that kind of was a revolution for me. And I stood there looking at the tear coming down my face. And then I heard the voice say, Peter, I love you too. 
Here I am a preacher. Been doing it for many, many, many years. And I needed to be reminded how loved I am by God. Faith works by love. So, so that's how faith works. It, it, oh, I tell you, I, I had the feeling, the, the sense of faith arise in me. And I went to preach. Now, here's something else. I'm still talking about the inward working of faith. Faith works from a position of rest. When the storm was blowing on the Sea of Galilee, the disciples were praying, they were shouting, they were declaring. Where was Jesus? He was asleep on a pillow in the boat. So there's something about faith that is opposite of panic, of trying to make it happen. Faith is restful. Let me read a couple of verses here. Hebrews 4, 3. He who has believed enters into rest. So, so believing, operating in faith is connected with a restfulness inwardly. And, and to define what that is, verse 10 says, he that is entered into his rest, meaning the rest that God has provided, has also seized from his own works as God did from his. So in a sense, you are totally calm on the inside. It's not like, well, what are we going to do? We've got to pray. We've got to do, 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 do something. No, there's an inward peace resting in what Christ has done. And yet out of that restfulness comes action. It's not action that brings to faith, but faith brings action. So I'm, I just wanted to, in these few minutes, try to begin by describing what goes on underneath the surface. Faith is, thank you, Jesus. Christ lives in me. I'm depending on Jesus. Faith worked, oh, how much you love me, who loved me and gave himself for me. And as I think and meditate on that, th this is where faith has its roots. I begin to rest. I said, oh, God, you are far more concerned about the prayer request that I'm dealing with than I am. I am resting in what you have done. So, so this is how faith works on the inside. We could do hours of teaching on every one of these points, and you can order material that I've done on this and, and Pastor Nathan talks about it. And so, uh, of course, but, but I just wanted to give you a little bit. That's how it looks like on the inside. Now, then once faith is working on the inside, it manifests itself. And so let's go back to our key story from Acts chapter 3. I read the latter part of the story where Simon Peter explained how it worked. Now let's see how it showed itself, how it looked to the onlookers. So we go there uh, to Acts 3 verse 1. Peter and John went up together to the temple and at a certain time, a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple to ask alms from those who had entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. He gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them, implied he was expecting to receive what he would normally receive. But Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. Doesn't mean that they never had it, but they didn't have it at that time. But what I do have, I give you. He says, I have something. Now that's faith talking. That's faith talking. I have something. 
in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. So I just want to give you three signs of when faith is in operation. First, faith sees. Simon Peter says, look on us. Eliminate other influences. In the, and he says they, they fixed their eyes on the man, and the man fixed his eyes on them. It means total focus. Oh, there's something about faith. I, I'll always remember one of those Russian babushkas in Abakan, Siberia. One night there were so many people, people were pushing everywhere. I could hardly get off the platform. They had all these guards and police there to try to get me safely into a car. And I remember this babushka, which is kind of an older lady. They have this special headgear on. And she stopped me. She just came through and she, she, she grabbed me by the shoulders and she was a, much shorter than me, but somehow I was compelled to stop and she just looked at me. And then she took my hand and, and there was a younger lady standing beside her with a child, maybe five, six year old child. And she just put my hand right in the mouth of that little child. You know, I still could feel the saliva. And she said, pray. I think that's the only English word she knew. I didn't know what I was praying about. I just said, in the name of Jesus. She, she fixed her eyes on me. I found out the next day that that little child had been totally mute. And, and in that moment, that woman fixed my eyes on the child and she fixed her eyes on me and I fixed my eyes on her. Love and faith was released. And that young child, the tongue was loosed. And, and the healing happened. See, faith sees. I don't know when Simon Peter looked on that man what he saw. Maybe God's love compelled him. I find sometimes that just like the story I described about that Muslim man who was carried in, but also many other times, sometimes I just look at people and I say, God, help me to see people with your eyes. And it, it stirs love and faith inside of me. So he saw something. You know, let me, let me give you some examples. Abraham saw his offspring as the stars in the sky. The natural eye couldn't see anything, but Abraham said, my offspring is like the stars for a multitude. God told Abraham in another occasion to look as far as he could see. This is what faith does. How far can I see? It says about Abraham, that he saw the coming of Jesus. John 8, 56, Jesus said, Abraham saw my day. He saw that the Messiah was coming. We could talk about Joshua, who saw the provision of God. We could talk about Elijah. You know, he, he, he saw God's promises. He saw God's provision. We talk about Elisha in, in a time of, of defeat, and it looked hopeless. Elisha saw what those around him didn't see. Faith is about seeing something that the natural eye cannot see. En route to the cross, Jesus saw the salvation of humanity. Isaiah 53 talks about how he saw something, and it was, he was satisfied. He despised the shame. He endured the cross because of what he saw. Well, what, what do you see? During these times of pandemic and lockdown, we can see hurt, we can see bitterness, we can see pain. I guess we see anger. We see hatred. We see disappointments. People feel like their lives have gone from them. But I, I want to put something else. I want you to see Christ in you. There's a secular term called neuro-linguistic programming. Well, I think the best neuro-linguistic program, which is just to change your mind, is to focus 
on Christ's provision. And, and when your thoughts change, your words will change and what you see will change. You know, uh, faith speaks. When, when, when Simon Peter said to the lame man, what I have, I give you. In essence, he was saying, what you expect me to give you, I don't have, but I have something. I have the name of Jesus. Faith speaks. He says, I believe, therefore I speak. Some people say, well, I'm just going to speak and make a positive confession, which is good. Better talk positive than negative. But, you know, faith doesn't come from you speaking the right thing. No, but you speak the right thing once faith is there. Faith comes intertwined with Christ, works by love, resting in Christ. That's what goes on in the heart. But when that is in the heart, faith speaks. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, the mouth speaks from that which fills the heart. It's just automatic. You know, God spoke at creation. Jesus cast out the spirits and healed the sick by his word. Even when you receive Christ, you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And then with your mouth, you speak, Jesus is Lord. Look at this, Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says is going to happen, it'll be granted to him. Notice the word, the word says is mentioned more than believes in this context. Now, of course, the the believing makes the saying possible, but there is something important in saying it. You see, those first disciples, the first 12 or the first 70 or the first 500, they weren't running around Jerusalem with a big 66-book Bible like this. They weren't waving that around, says, I got the Word of God here. Yes, this is the Holy Scripture. We have deep reverence for the written word, but I'm just merely saying that those first disciples didn't run around like that. They didn't have a, you know, some Bibles are called spirit-filled Bibles. I don't know why. I don't think one Bible is more spiritful than the other. They didn't have that. They didn't have all that. They didn't have the book of Romans or Ephesians or Colossians or the gospel of John, but they had the word, which is Jesus himself. He is the word. In the beginning was the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word is a person. So they came with the word in their mouth. Now, now don't misunderstand this. I'm not saying that I, well, you know that I'm grateful for this book. How many scripture verses have I quoted today? I've lost count. Every time I teach, I go to, to the Holy Scriptures. So, so I don't think anybody could misunderstand this, but I'm saying they had a word in their mouth. It was like a sword coming out of their mouth, and you have the word of Christ living richly in you. I mean, even the way Peter said here, look on us, he said to the lame man, look on us, full of assurance, I got something. But then, you know, there's a paradox. Look on us. And then he says a little later on, why do you look on us so intently? Well, he's speaking to two different groups. When he speaks to the hurting man, when he's, we could say for us, when we speak to a hurting world, the faith of Christ makes us say, look on me. I have something. I have something to give you. There's power 
in the name of Jesus. But then later on, when I call them the, the religious enthusiasts, you know, there's always those religious enthusiasts. When they come ooing and on, oh, it must be your holiness, Simon Peter. It must be, you know, you have such power. Oh, you know, there's always people who want to ooh and oh, I've had plenty of that in my life. Oh, you are so anointed. Oh, what a gift of God you are. He says, forget it. So he speaks, faith speaks in a different way. He says, don't look so intently on us. This is the faith that works through Jesus. I got to read one more part of this. Verse 7 in Acts 3. He took him. Simon Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple, walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. Faith acts. Here you have Simon Peter. He stretches out his hand and he says, let me take you by the right hand. And the lame man responds. He puts his faith into action. Faith is active. Now, at first, it's restful underneath the surface. It's focused on Christ and on Christ's love. But that manifests in action. David ran towards Goliath. Have you thought about that? He ran towards Goliath. Abraham moved towards the promised land. Caleb and Joshua, they were active versus the rest of Israel being passive. Faith looks for new steps. Faith, it's in your nature. When, when they were praying for, for rain on one occasion, then the prophet said, well, you've been praying enough. Start digging ditches so we can hold the water. Jesus said uh, to the leper's man, go show yourself to the priest. He said, well, I, I can't do that. Well, well, you know, I'm not supposed to do that. Faith acts. Ooh, I tell you, uh, faith without corresponding action is dead. I want to encourage you to put your faith to action. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to our beautiful Toronto church family. I'm speaking to our worldwide family, partners and friends of World Impact Ministries. During this pandemic, we have not been able to be still. You know, we are right now in a campaign to reaching the people in the world who speak Urdu. And this is just one in a long list of campaigns that we have done to different language groups. I just looked at it. I'll read it to you right now. I got so excited just as we recorded one of the first services. I just, I mean, people, our advertising reached over one and a half million people. Isn't that wonderful? Because, because we could say, well, it's a pandemic. Let's not do too much. Oh, you know, let's say, no, the faith this restful focus on God's love propels us to action. Just in one of the first, look at all, they gave me the countries that were tuned in simultaneously. Every province in Pakistan, which is where Urdu is spoken mainly, but Afghanistan, United Arab Emirates, Qatar, Oman, Kuwait, Egypt, Morocco, Belgium, Saudi Arabia, look at that, Saudi Arabia, Brazil, Myanmar, Argentina, Colombo, Nigeria, Kenya, New Guinea, Bahrain, Vietnam, France, UK, Mozambique. I don't know where you're at. Maybe this is the time to take a step of faith and, you know, call somebody. Call up your church and say, how can I help? I want to reach people. I want to learn to play a guitar, enroll in a course, join the Global Gospel Institute, sign up, do something. Because faith is not able to just say, okay, Sirah, Sirah, reach out. Reach out. People are reaching out in giving. People are reaching out in loving others. You know, people say, well, I'm just so happy to just do nothing. Well, I guess we have a different nature. 
The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, it's like that lion pacing in the cage wanting to get out. We're checking all the time. Pastor Nathan and I are checking all the time. Well, when is this country going to open up? We're starting a Bible school there. We've got to get in there. Well, when can we do a campaign here? What, what, what can we do? How can we reach more groups? Uh, I'm thinking of new languages that we haven't reached out to yet. That's faith. Faith is action. God's giving you faith right now. You say, I need to receive Jesus. I need to start at square one and know that Jesus is my Savior. But God gives you the faith. Would you pray with me right now? Say like this. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you that Jesus took my sins and I receive his righteousness now. Thank you, Lord, that I'm forgiven, that I have new life. And I confess Jesus is Lord. Amen. The Bible says when you receive this, you also receive faith. You can start flexing your faith muscle. Step into a new life. 